This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life Made Better. We have a lovely guest with us today, Paolomi Depnet. Paolomi has a very varied background. She is an engagement specialist, luxury travel and an event specialist with more than 15 years experience in hotel sales in luxury sector and quite a creative soul as she is also the founder and maker of Handmade by Tini. Welcome to Life Made Better, Paolomi. Hi, thank you, Lucia. That was a stunning description and introduction. Thank you very much. <laughs> After with that introduction, our, our audience will be quite keen on hearing more about you and, you know, what led you to where you are today. Can you share with us a little bit of your journey? Of course. Thank you very much, first of all, to welcoming me to this podcast. So my name is Paulumi Devnath. I am born, brought up in India. I have lived in London for past 15 years and um, you're absolutely right. My day job within course is definitely in hotel sales and marketing. So in India, I studied sales and marketing uh, in my graduation and I naturally got a job in hospitality, uh, sales and marketing. I have been, as everybody does, doing the job. I love hotels. I love hospitality. I found my passion in the sector there. And I really, I think, enjoyed working in branding and marketing as well. Um, So I worked in Radisson Chain of Hotels in India. And when I came to London, well, how I came to London, that also I should say. So I met my, my love of my life in India. My husband, well, then boyfriend, he is also born, brought up in India. He came to London to study his postgraduate. And so when he proposed to me eh, back home and uh, then after a year, we got married, a year and a half. And that's how I landed in London. No plans at all. Literally just love happened. <laughs> so we done planned uh, 15 years on and I'm living in London. We have a small boy. Well, small. I was, he's still my baby, but he's 11 next next week. So a little bit medium small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he keeps me on my toes, um, a cheek little boy. And um, that's how I, I'm living in London. And when I came to London, I found out that um, uh, I could, again, go for hospitality, sales and marketing. I went around job hunting and I got very lucky to get my first job in London in Hilton. And that was in global sales. After that, I worked with uh, Tissel and Goman Hotels, then Corinthia Global Sales, and then uh, Starwood, which is now Marriott Hotels. And after that, one of our clients who was based in US, an US event agency, they kind of headhunted me and um, I joined the team five years back, meetings and incentives worldwide. So it's a US-based agency, but I work from home in London. And I look after all their international events for all their clients. So it has been quite a journey. My last job in hotel sales was account director for international sales. Currently, I am looking after international hotel procurement and sourcing. And that as engagement specialist for incentives and travel for meetings and incentives worldwide. Did I do it right with my whole snapshot of my career on the day job side. You did, you did. And you've been a BCV, that's for sure. 
<laughs> I have been I have been blessed with plenty of amazing colleagues, uh, friends and industry acquaintances and, and great learning opportunities as brilliant hotel brands and at MNIW. Um, so, yeah, it has been a journey that I would never replace with anything else. I can feel that passion and energy <laughs> coming through. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, wow, how did you do that and have an 11-year-old boy to look after? Can you kind mm-hmm. of give us some insight? Yes, absolutely. I think the secret lies in uh, an amazing partnership with your husband, uh, who is also, by the way, in hospitality industry. So he is now a general manager at a four-star deluxe hotel. So the best part of that is that he understands my lingo. So after the end of the day, when I'm talking really very much into hotels language like DDR, ADR, which is, by the way, average daily rate, daily rate, which is not a normal language, but he understands me. Crazy hours because we could both be working in very wrong kind of hours, nine, not nine to five, but then we could back each other up because he could do evenings and I could do the day morning and we could manage each other's time. And also uh, a boy who understands that his parents are very much into working, supporting, busy. And he saw us both working from day one. Um, and I hope, I really, really hope that we have given him the something to look up to and, and you know, like a passion that you, you work, you do, you know, have respect for your work, for what you're doing. And the end of the day, have family time and relax and be together. And that means a lot. Um, family helped, a lot of time management, hard work, I guess that definitely is there. And I think beyond everything, we both really loved our job and our uh, what we do, what we learned. And that really helps to overlook the hard work part. Mm, I can hear that. And I can really hear the communication, which obviously you're good <laughs> at. So I think, that, you know, when you communicate your needs with each other and with your son, it makes a happy home. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you very much. I mean, of course, I wouldn't deny there hasn't been tough times, struggle times of who's managing what, but that's life and that's how you learn and you manage. So, yeah, it's just been a journey. Mm. Looking at that journey, because I definitely hear, as we were saying, the passion and, you know, you and I met, Paolomi, when you were working at the Carithia back at that time. And I think your energy was one of the things that shone through is like, I don't even know if I want to host it here, but I'm going to do it because of her. Yes, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Lucia, you're so kind. You really, really made my day. Absolutely. Thank you. Of all my jobs in all my hotels, I think Corinthia has uh, always been a special place because that was my first proper five-star luxury hotel. And it is an icon, iconic hotel in London. It, the job had, it, it was a demanding job, as you know. You know, we, we had no kind of fixed hours almost, you can say. But how much I learned around that time. Aish was little. He was between two years and he grew up around six years between the time I was at Corinthia. Um, sometimes I have... Uh, I had regrets that I'm missing out a bit on his time, evenings and everything. But then I reconsidered and things that you have to be happy from inside to have the happy home. If you are not, if you're not satisfied, and I've seen plenty of my friends who have left behind. Of course, it's everyone's personal choice of how you manage it. Uh, but I've seen many that has has regrets. And I didn't never wanted to have any regrets. I worked like 
like mad. Um, there were days when we hardly slept, we meaning me and my husband, and we hardly saw each other because I was doing covering. I was working morning, he was doing evening so that we can cover the babysitter and everything. But, you know, it, the whole satisfaction that came from it was um, you can never compare it with anything. Uh, and I, I and, it, you know, what you said really means a lot that my my energy, my passion showed in my job. And I hope that rubbed off on people or my clients or customers who are still my friends. So that that, that means a lot to me. I think you said a couple of really important things there that you were true to yourself, you know, what aligned with you. And I totally and we totally agree that if you're doing something that aligns with your values, it keeps that high energy and it ripples onto the, your loved ones. It's, you don't always have to be there every single moment. They want to feel that good energy when you're with them. And if you lose that part of yourself, it's very hard to be you know, present in a positive way with your children. So I think that's a, a really key factor. And you also said about, you know, it was really demanding, but I think that's when we learn most about ourselves. <laughs> I mean, I taught in a really tough um, state school for, seven, for my first seven years and it was my hardest but the most special time because we, I was fully stretched and you sort of learn a lot about yourself in that time. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you learned about yourself in that time? Yes. Um, you know what I found out after my years of working in different hotels and, and let's put it as a high demand, stressful jobs um, in, a, in a way because sales and marketing, when you have deadlines to meet, you have numbers to crunch, you have uh, some bottom lines to match, you, you, you are under a different kind of pressure in general. But I learned that I actually thrive in those kind of pressure. When I joined MIW, our targets were different. They were not numbers. They were different kind of targets. And I initially struggled because I, I actually loved being in that number crunching. I, I was always good in maths, but that was not the case. It was the achievement of doing something and winning a business and, and making sure they're looked after was such a great um, booster and uh, adrenaline rush, so to speak. That gave me beyond happiness. But then again, at MNIW, the happiness came from different parts, like managing a successful event and really looking after an event from start to finish and looking at international sourcing and having no bounds of which brand I go with. Only reason I would choose or pick for clients was because it is right for them. So the satisfaction came from being true to your client and servicing the customers in a very different way. And um, But the main point remains that when you do something, if you put your soul into it and you put your soul into it, if you, you are not satisfied until you are utmost uh, the best, the perfection you can achieve. You cannot achieve perfection every time, but if you can get close to it and if you're happy that this is the best I could do and there was nothing more I could do to make it even better, then that's the satisfaction you get from for your soul that I've done a good job here and I'm happy what I have achieved. And also, I think another thing is that my, my, my mom is, um, was a school teacher. Uh, she was also a mathematics teacher. She's a single mom and raised two of us, my sister and I. And I have seen only but hard work and dedication and really high standard of uh, her personal values uh, towards her job and how to do things and family and to us. And you know, raising two daughters in India back home is not that simple and easy. Nobody's, but 
Chaseng in a third world country. And she's a single mom, which is also sometimes at that point at her generation is frowned upon. But I mean, amazing role model I have. And I, I she's ingrained in me. Um, whenever I see myself doing something, I feel my mom would be proud and she is proud. She is extremely proud and we talk every day, but it just makes me even more happier. And I want to hopefully leave the same legacy for my son to see that my mom was a hard worker. Um, she, she always raised a bar and I would like to do something like that. And if that happens, I think I'll feel I've been very successful as a mother and as a woman, as a person, you know, so that is something that I always aim for. Mm, th- thank you for sharing that. Makes that. Me happy. Mm. Mm. But I think because you said a couple of things that are worth noting, because obviously you started, oh, I really like, you know, the crunching numbers and hitting the bottom line. I was really, you know, I, I always like math, but that's not the point. And I think that actually is the point, and it proves what you know what Flair was saying earlier. If you do something that you you're good or in your case you're naturally good at like you know I've been studying positive psychology and when you tap on the doubt those character strengths which is something to just naturally good at then that's when thriving becomes more and more possible because you're just building on something that you do well and you're learning that's what I'm hearing you're learning to do it differently so it matches whatever needs or whatever skill your new job is required of you so I think that's something really beautiful it's something very special as well to be able to say okay I've got this I'm good at that how can I make it better and how can I make it better to fit onto this new venture new journey or new role that I'm about to have and the other thing I think is also you know quite important we also see it Uh, with our clients is that role model or reference point because like you know it is said that you are kind of the mix of the six people that are closer to you and I think the fact that you had that connection that role model in the field of your mom and you saw okay she can do it she's doing x y and z she's working hard but at the same time me and my sister are here that probably gave you the grounds to say okay I can do this And here's how I'm going to make it happen. So I think that passion, that positivity probably stems from that, you know, early days, which you just saw it being done. (laughs) It is very true, Lucia. You are so right. Um, I didn't know that you are, you represent six people most close to you, but I think that makes very much sense because you definitely take the ones that you love the most and aspire to be. And I think that happens early on rather than later. You don't even know that, something goes into you and you 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 kind of want to be something like that or mixture of people because it's not just uh, of course she's my biggest inspiration but there are other people who has influenced me throughout that I've definitely felt oh my god I love that I want to be something like that and I, if I can have that in my personality that would be amazing um, and that definitely happens another thing is that as as a famous saying saying that if you if you find what you uh, what you love or passionate about, and if you can make that your career somehow, then none of no no days becomes a job. It becomes you know it, you're no longer going to to your job. You're actually doing something that you love every day, and and that just you know takes the stress off. Generally speaking, um, 
and and it's it's very important. Uh, plus, I I always feel that whenever you do something, you you must do it with your whole heart into it and put soul into it. And of course, it's important to find that early on that what you like. But if I must say, when I was doing my graduation, I was not uh, uh, my not graduation my school time. I didn't know what I wanted to be. Many people did, and they probably landed what they wanted to be. But I was still finding myself that what is my strength. Where, where are my passion lies? Of course, I used to talk. Um, so I knew that was one of my strengths or not. So many people would say no. <laughs> I wouldn't I agree. Chatting. Um, by the way, fun fact, my son as well is. Uh, the only complaint I get from the school for him is that he talks. Yeah, I can't tell the teacher why. But anyway, I know that. <laughs> I used to get that too. <laughs> um, so the thing is that... Um, but when I, I after my uh, schools and high schools, I found that um, I would love to be in sales and marketing. I love to learn branding. It, it really excites me, the topic, the knowledge, and the whole array of um, subjects around it. And, and that's how I found my passion. So it's very important for anybody early on, and especially for, I think, parents to let their kids to choose what they excel at so that they really, if they excel at something or they love something, chances are they would do it better than others things. I, I, yeah, I really, really agree with that. And also I can hear from you, you've got as much kind of soul and creativity as you have this logical, mathematical mind and the combination is very powerful. So tell us more about the jewellery business. I'm excited to hear. <laughs> Thank you, Flo. <laughs> yes, I mean, when I, when I wrote my LinkedIn profile, when I updated it two years back or something, I felt like, wow, that looks really the opposite end of uh, like triangle or something like, where does that come from? <laughs> but that's true. So I thought I'll put it out there. So I've always loved color jewelry. As you know, Lucia, I've seen me a few times. I've always been a very colorful person. And trust me, I've run into trouble for that at, at Corinthia because uh, in, in five-star world, you kind of have to dress in a certain way. And I used to wear big jewelry, uh, statement earrings, things like that. So my boss would have said, oh my God, you can't wear that. I'm like, no, you can. My clients love it. Come on, let it go. Um, so yeah, in my own way. But the uh, point is, I always have been a very much a jewelry, accessories, loving person. In my early days, I wanted to be an accessory designer uh, in India and um, I tried to be, but it, it didn't happen that way. And uh, But I was always crazy about it. I have my per own personal collection is as eccentric, as beautiful and as amazing. It's vintage, antique, mixture of colors and everything. Um, Hand-me-downs as well. I have one jewelry piece from my mother-in-law, which is like more than 100 years old. That was gifted to her on her wedding day by her. Uh, from her side grandmother so you can imagine it's just stunning it's a beautiful piece so the point is it always has been my passion I have always been doing things with my hands um, two three years back I was doing a lot of things I, I make jewelries for my friends and family but not never thought of doing something more out of it so I was doing something and my friend told me why don't you do something more and by the way, this is um, long before pandemic. So just to be clear, I'm not a pandemic baby business, by the way. Um, it definitely flourished during the time, but not that exactly. And um, then I thought, why not? And I was uh, soon turning 40. I thought, this is the time. Let me find out what I can do with my lifelong passion. And, um, and who says you cannot have two passions, right? Who has told us? It's a mindset. 
And I invest the time and energy of choosing the material that I want to work with. Sustainability is very important to me. I wanted to have something that is um, durable, something that's still soft and easy to make and let my imagination flow, but at the same time doesn't harm the world. I really wanted something to pick. And trust me, when you go down that route, it's very hard to pick materials. It's not many. You cannot go acrylic because it's plastic. You cannot go different metal because for metal, you need big units. And I couldn't spend that much on big units and have those kind of things invested in that. So at the end, I chose cotton because I used to go trekking in India when I was young to Himalayas. And I've learned a few basic rope knotting then because you have to learn that when you do the trainings initial days. And they are nothing what I do right now, but there's some basic similarities. And when I saw some of the pictures, I thought this is something really attracts me. And I started learning. I self-taught myself. I learned books and I saw my natural flair into it when doing it. And more I started to do it, more my friends wanted to have more. I'm like, okay, this is not bad. But, you know, friends and family, you don't trust them that they are buying it because they like it, but they're probably buying it because they like you or love you and support you. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a nerve wracking when you try to think that would a stranger actually buy from me and having that finish, because when you're selling friends and family, you just tie it at the back can work. But when you are selling to a stranger, it has to have the finish that you want yourself when you're buying something. So again, I, you learn a lot of different things. I'm a totally self-taught artist. A um, lot of books, a lot of YouTube material, a lot of things that I've learned myself, spent a lot of time in doing them. And uh, then I went to a craft fair two, three years, two years back. Uh, December, around this time. I still remember, 7th of December. And I was very nervous. I've done plenty of trade shows. Lucia, you would know, for our my job. So I was not actually worried about meeting people, which other makers were. As funny enough, I was not about nervous about that, but I was very nervous about that. Would Anybody would buy my stuff. I had only, what, just my friends and families at that time for Handmade by Tinni. So my Brand name is Handmade by Tinni, as you know. Tinni is my name that my mom, my family's called me. And I thought it's kind of my alternate personality from Polomi, whereas Polomi is more corporate, more professional, more hospitality salesperson. Tinni could be my alternate personality, which is more colorful, more jewelry loving, sometimes somebody who's creative and a maker. And I chose that name from my brand name. So Handmade by Tinni, because everything is made by me. And uh, that's how I launched the brand that week on Etsy, on Instagram, and started working towards it. It has been an absolutely amazing journey. You have no idea how much, as you guys are business owners, you know, it's not just making. That probably is 10% of the job. You are talking about you're the maker, you're the packer, you're the distributor, you're the uh, marketeer, PR person. Um, selling person, I don't know what else, like a labeling person, accountant, a running person, account, <laughs> of course, accountant. Um, However many hats and, you want to put on, it's all yours. Yeah, like just put all the hats on one person, like everything that happens underneath it. And that's what it is. And you learn a lot. Uh, you have to learn. And, and I learned that so there are many things I'm not good at. I'm not a creative writer and that is a very key job when you're selling something e-commerce because to write listing descriptions of your product. Google loves that as well and you have to 
pray for the Google God to love you and everything. So, yeah, a lot of it has been a journey, but I can I'm see happy. you more on the selling programs where you actually show your stuff and speak with passion about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, they what are they called? I can't remember the name, but there's I know my my mother loves watching them and buying jewelry from them all the time. It's like um it's like a sales program and they just show jewelry and makeup and it's you have to tell me that. Popular. I have to find that very one. popular with um <laughs> my parents' age. Yeah. I would love to be on that. Um <laughs> I mean there is one thing that I didn't struggle. I don't know, maybe I will be, maybe I will you be. That be is amazing, thing that is honestly. I'll, I'll put you in contact with it when, when we finish the show. So I'm a little bit more, I'm curious, you know, you you seem somebody that just gets things done and you don't let things get in your way and you find a way to do things. What do you think has been one of your biggest challenges? Because we all have these things that really rock us. Have you had something that's really been challenging? Um, Of course, time. Um, we all are gifted with 24 hours a day and I chose, obviously I'm crazy to do two, both equally demanding job and business. And when you are launching a business, you, you can't count hours. Nobody can. It's, um, if somebody says there is nine to five in running a business, especially the initial years, I actually don't believe them. And I am a bit of a perfectionist, a bit of an workaholic. And so imagine having two. That is um, one thing that I've definitely, I would say, challenged. And also knowing where to stop. You know, it's important. And I've learned it in a hard way. But the best part of my struggle is that my son is my savior. He doesn't understand that concept of, mommy is working or something he just jumps on my lap and <laughs> be there to motivate me to bring me back to my happy self if I'm too busy make me go laugh loud or something um what would I do without him and um so he has been my sunshine and my husband because without him being the support because I've definitely neglected family work many days there has been a bit more takeaways when I'm too busy with orders I'm not proud of it and uh, I definitely felt the guilt. I already have a job, so I already now have a business. So trust me, the guilt is doubled. But he has just anchored me always. Um, <laughs> he's a brilliant label maker, I tell you what. And he is, um, his handwriting is not that great. So I had to write them myself, by the way. But label printing is great. He does all my dispatches when I come to the post office, um, there has been days in the sh in the post office, he went with two bags of 50 envelopes and they didn't show, share the love, definitely. Yeah, so you need those, I think. I mean, without that, I wouldn't have coped, but 100% mm -hmm. time would be my biggest challenge. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, sacrificed, mm -hmm. I've, I've had sacrifices. When you're multi-passionate, it can become like that, can't it, with the time. But if you can find those special moments with your son or your husband, like you said, it's anchoring and grounding and brings you back to other important things to try and get maintain some balance. Yeah. And the reality check, that's what I'm hearing as well, kind of throughout is like, okay, let's bring it back. Kind of like, you know, okay, what's the reality here? And if it's not coming from you, then is your son literally jumping on your lap and saying, 
I'm here. Stop working. <laughs> so, which, you know, we, we, we forget. Uh, we can become so engrossed in what we're doing. And when you're also in that state of flow, it's so, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky to snap out of it. So kudos yeah, to and whatever makes us there. amazing can also be our detriment, can't it? So we have to, we do have to keep it in check. We, we both love to work and we've got family, so we, we can completely um, relate. So what is, um, if you could sum up in one sentence how you've made your life better, Paula Me, what would you say? I think it, um, it takes a lot of uh, courage to do something, there is stigma attached to many things. First of all, you can't start something after 40, which I did. Having your own business uh, while having a job, it's a huge stigma because people think, oh, it's your side hustle. I mean, I don't know how to say express. I'm not exactly angry on that word because I think it is, they don't mean uh, in a bad way, they mean it as like a second job. But I think the word has a side tone into it, which I don't, I'm not particularly fan of. The point is I put my equal amount of energy, passion into both. And they are not less than the other. I love my job. And I have debated on this, as I was mentioning before, but I will always be on the job. What I have done to maintain balance is I've taken some hours. So during pandemic, the hours went, down because hospitality was severely affected. I still had my job. I was only followed for two months over last December and January, but they got me back to incentives department. So I was, I'm blessed that my job was there, but the hours went down a bit and uh, that could give me the push or the time that I needed for my business. And that's probably the reason my business flourished during pandemic. And there was a lot of demand, as we all know, because we were stuck at home. People were buying only online. So if you do dwell there, you are doing better. And I enjoyed and utilized that attention of uh, online boom. And, and it helped that hours went down in other way. During the Farlow months, yeah, I, I think I did really well because uh, for my business, I invest the whole time into it. And then again, when I'm back, blessed. I was happy to be back because, as I said, I love my job and I was back in incentives. But then the hours were slightly less as well, so I could. So the, the, the way I've balanced is by having a little bit of less, not doing full-time on my job during the busy time, taking the permission to give hours to my business. So during this Christmas, um, though they wanted me full-time from August, I I actually requested for a uh, little bit of less hours for the Christmas spirit because the orders flooding in uh, and and it's my hands that makes them. I already walk till late, one o'clock, two o'clock sometimes. And my my and my boss, um, our company is run by two women as well, uh, Tina and Jean. It's a woman-owned business. Uh, they are fifty-three years running, um, but it's still a, like a family-owned business. So they kind of understand. They're two passionate women. And uh, they really understand, they really support. And that's also something rare to find because uh, I don't work in a box com boxed company. I work in a very passionate woman-owned company. And they, from the day one, they, they really supported me. My LinkedIn profile, I, I didn't have to, but I actually spoke to them first before putting it on my LinkedIn profile. And they were very happy because it is my business, my passion. And um, I took hours back to work on the Christmas. So the point is, Having the balance, 
having that conversation with your company, um, you might not have the same situation. So somebody else, I would suggest having that conversation and see what works for you. So that's the way I have balance, found balance. But, you know, I have to say, Flor, you, 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 the hours are still 24 hours in a day. I still work late and I work a lot. You cannot compensate hard work. You, there is no easy way. There is no shortcut to success or to even to happiness, I think. You, you still work at it. Mm, yeah. I have made sacrifices like I love reading books and I don't have time to do that. I, I really miss that part. I love cooking and I I, <laughs> I I believe I am good at it. I'm saying it low because my husband is up there. He's oh my God, you're bragging. <laughs> um, so some days I, when I haven't done that, um, because I love to prepare a home cooked family meal, I feel that. I felt like I've neglected. They don't feel it. They love my <laughs> yeah, son loves yeah, it that I'm ordering yeah. it. You know, they, the kids. Yeah. Um, kids so do are, that. Their kids do that. Um, yeah. The sacrifices are there. But then when I do, I make it proper spread. That's how I found my happiness of, of accepting that there will be days when I can't do it all. And um, there will be weeks that, that, that I would have neglected something or the other, either family or job or business. Yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. attending. I can hear priority. that that priority, and I love part. the fact that you had the courage to follow your passion, your heart, without the limits of what we are told by society. So, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a beautiful yeah. and passionate conversation, and very inspiring. You're making me think I don't work hard enough and I should start working harder. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't do that. I know you. No, but I agree. And I think like, you know, that passion, that courage. And for me, the two key things that you said on the end is acceptance and understanding that some days you're going to give you 100% to one point and some days might be the other and know that that is... Okay, so as Flet was saying, thank you, Polomi. It's been a beautiful conversation, definitely most inspiring. I know people would would feel, will feel the love and the passion coming out of it um, and will include ways to connect with you on the episode notes. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for being with us this week. Thank you very much, Lucia and Flor. It has been amazing. And um, I felt like I'm talking to, to my friends rather than uh, an interview or anything. And that means a lot. I was natural and um, authentic, I hope. And yeah, if, uh, if I could inspire anybody else to jump and do something from their kitchen table, because I am a kitchen table person, I am sitting on my dining table right now. Um, I would say that would be my biggest achievement. That's beautiful. Thank you, Paula. And to everyone joining us uh, from wherever you listen to your podcast, thank you very much for joining us one more week. Thank you for sharing the love and the passion with us and for spreading the word. Please make sure that you are subscribing, that you are leaving us a review if you like it on sharing the episodes to somebody you think will benefit from listening to us. Uh, we hope you have a lovely week and we shall see you here next week. Thank you so much for the love. <laughs>